and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify and Anchor FM and some of the other platforms we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. And I want to say hello to all of our listeners. I'm Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here at Sunshine USA. It is a great joy for me to welcome you to the program today. And uh, I trust that you had uh, a good day today so far. And I'm glad that you continue to make Sunshine USA part of your daily listening habit (laughs) on the Internet. Uh, I'm very happy to hear about that. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you my contact information uh, here at the very beginning of the broadcast. Uh, That way, uh, once I do that, we can have prayer and we can get into the Bible study and not have to worry about making time for the contact information at the end of the program. Uh, If you have a Bible study question or if you need biblical or pastoral advice, uh, I'm available. And the quickest way to contact me is by email. Uh, I've got two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. The other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. And if you want to contact me the old-fashioned way, you can do that too. my snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thrusted Street, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. By the way, the apartment number is uh, 8510. That's very important. If you don't put the apartment number on there, I won't get it. So let me give you my snail mail address again. Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. It's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Okay? I'd love to hear from you. And if the Lord lays it on your heart to make a financial contribution to the ministry, that would be great. But uh, let's get into the Bible study now. But first, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to pray right now that you'll be with me as I teach from your word. Lord, I pray that you'll give me the words to say that somebody needs to hear. Lord, help me to say everything you want me to say, and help me, Lord, not to say anything you don't want me to say. And Lord, I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for everything accomplished in this broadcast today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be today in John chapter 3. Now, in the last broadcast, we were in John chapter 1. We talked about how Jesus is eternal. Uh, We mentioned the fact that Bethlehem was not the beginning of Jesus' existence. Let me say that again. Bethlehem was not the beginning of Jesus' existence. Um... Jesus was present and well at the creation. In fact, uh, the Bible says he was involved in the creation. And he even existed before the creation. There's never been a time when Jesus did not exist, and he still exists today. And that's why we mentioned on the last broadcast, this is why you and I can very confidently go to Jesus knowing that he's more than capable of taking care of any problem that we have. 
because of the fact that he's always been around. He's never had a beginning. He'll never have an end. Now, you and I, we had a beginning. We actually had a beginning nine months before we were born because we were alive in our mother's womb. So we had a beginning point, but we do not have an ending point. Because as Christians, we will live forever in this wonderful place that the Bible calls heaven. And boy, I tell you, that's going to be a grand and glorious time right there. Heaven. I can hardly wait to move into my heavenly mansion. And the Bible says when I get to heaven, I'm going to be there forever and forever and forever and forever. And guess what? I'm going to have a new glorified body. And so are you. Amen. Praise the Lord. This, this body I've got now, i got news for you. It wouldn't last a hundred years, let alone a thousand years or a million years or anything like that. And, of course, I'm more aware of that now than ever before. You know, back when I was younger, <laughs> I had a body that I thought maybe would survive a good long time. I don't think that now. Now, in John chapter 2, we're not going to really spend any time in John chapter 2 today, simply because we've already talked about what is in John chapter 2, and that's where Jesus performs his first earthly miracle uh, where he turns the water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana. <clears throat> now it's very important to note there, and I'll just offer this commentary about the wedding feast at Cana. Uh, Jesus never performs a miracle just for the sake of performing a miracle. You know, if you read John chapter 2 and you say, ah, oh, Jesus turned the water into wine. <laughs> I think you missed the whole point of that miracle. The point was there was a need and Jesus met that need. He supplied the need. And that's the important thing right there. Then we come to John chapter 3. Now this is a, an event that I call Naked Night. It's where Nicodemus, a Pharisee, comes to Jesus at night. Let's uh, read, starting in John chapter one, 3, John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water 
and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. That's verse 7. Now, you know, we have a lot of questions that come up regarding this meeting between Nicodemus and Jesus. One of the most common questions that comes up is why did Nicodemus meet with Jesus at night? Well, actually, I think the answer to that question is fairly simple. Nicodemus and Jesus both had very busy schedules. And uh, Nicodemus was not only a Pharisee, he was a leader of the Pharisees. And so his time was pretty much taken during the daytime. Now back to those days, they didn't have the kind of good lighting that we have at night. So just about everybody's work had to be done in the daytime. And so uh, Nicodemus really didn't have any time to visit with Jesus in the daytime. Now Jesus, on the other hand, also had a very busy schedule. Of course, I maintain Jesus is never too busy to meet with you. Jesus will meet with you anytime you're ready. Amen. Now, I know in my work as a minister of the gospel, and especially now that I'm more or less retired, but not completely, because, I mean, obviously I'm doing radio broadcasts like Sunshine USA, but when someone contacts me and they, they seek me out for biblical advice or pastoral advice, uh, usually I will tell them I will meet with you anytime that's convenient for you. Because usually they're working and I'm retired, and so I take the position I will meet with them, I will counsel with them, at whatever time is convenient for them. And I'm sure the setup was pretty much the same between Jesus and Nicodemus. And, of course, Nicodemus starts off by telling Jesus there, um, he says, We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with them. Now, one of the miracles that Nicodemus may have been referring to was the miracle that took place in chapter 2, Jesus turning the water into wine. And Nicodemus was smart enough to recognize that miracles like that would not be possible if, if um, God was not with him. But Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, it seems that in spite of how religious Nicodemus was, he had no idea what it meant to be born again. I remember back in 1976, Jimmy Carter was running for president. Everybody referred to him as the peanut farmer from Georgia. He also just happened to have been, at that time, former governor of Georgia. And um, Jimmy Carter, in some of his addresses, would talk about being born again in terms of describing himself to the people. 
And the news media went crazy. <laughs> what does he mean, be born again? <laughs> and obviously here, Nicodemus didn't understand that either. One of the things that we learn from this encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus, we learn that being religious is not enough. I mean, look at Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a leader of the Pharisees. Now, you didn't get into the position that Nicodemus was in without being very religious, without living a good, clean, moral life, and having a thorough knowledge of the Mosaic Law. You know? You had to have all that going for you in order to be a leader of the Pharisees like Nicodemus was. So we can conclude Nicodemus was religious. He lived a good, clean, moral life. He, he knew the law of Moses up one side and down the other. But Jesus here is saying, that's not enough. You've got to be born again. And like I say, it was clear that in spite of all his religiousness, Nicodemus had no idea what that meant. He says, what do you mean, Jesus? Uh, do I go a second time into my mother's womb when I'm old? <laughs> and Jesus said, no, that's not what I mean, Nicodemus. He pointed out that we have to have that new birth. That new birth. Now, I'm convinced Nicodemus was not a genuine believer at the time he has this encounter with Jesus. There is evidence, however, that later on in his life he very well may have become a believer. So this encounter that Nicodemus has with Jesus is obviously the kind of encounter that made a lasting impression on Nicodemus. Now, you know, there's many people listening to this broadcast right now. It very well may be that you're a very religious person. You might be all kinds of religious. You might be in a situation where you've gone to church all your life. And, and you know, that's the way I was when I was younger. When I was a, a young teenager, I was very religious. I went to church every Sunday morning. Every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, I went to church. And uh, not only that, I read my Bible every night. A lot of times, in fact, I would fall asleep at night reading my Bible. I was uh, very involved in the young people's program at our church, the youth program at our church. Very much involved with that. I was very religious. <laughs> and when it came to living a good, clean, moral life, I did pretty good in that department too. I didn't commit adultery, didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't hang around with those that did. I mean, my life was 
pretty presentable. But I woke up one night and I realized I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. And so the Sunday before Thanksgiving, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, 1969, I make a decision to pray and ask Jesus Christ to come in my heart. In fact, my mother was with me, and we went into her bedroom, and there in her bedroom, we got down on our knees, and I prayed, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. That was the Sunday before Thanksgiving, 1969. And I've been a saved man ever since that time. Not a perfect man. I wish I could get up here in front of this radio mic and say, you know what? <laughs> There's never been a time when I committed a sin after I got saved. But if I told you that, I'd be lying. That's why I don't let a day go by that I don't pray and ask Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. Not just the sins that I know about but sins that I may have unknowingly committed. I pray and ask Jesus to forgive me, and I know he does. I'm not a perfect man. And some of you that know me well, you know I'm not a perfect man. But I do know Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And that's why I say to some of you listening to this podcast right now, you may, in fact, be very religious, just like I was. But do you know Christ as your Savior and Lord? Can you ever remember a time when you got down on your knees and you prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Now, I can tell you exactly where I was when I got saved. <laughs> Me and my family, we were living at 7 Keith Avenue, Greenville, South Carolina, 29611. That's where we were living when I got saved. And like I say, I got saved right there in my mother's bedroom. We prayed. And I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. And then I went forward as a candidate for Christian baptism at Washington Avenue Baptist Church, where Dan Greer was pastor of the church at that time. Of course, I was baptized earlier in my life at age seven. But I didn't know Jesus at age seven. I got baptized at age seven for all the wrong reasons. My parents told me I couldn't have the Lord's Supper until I got baptized. So I decided I was going to get baptized so I could start partaking of the Lord's Supper. But down the road, I began to realize being baptized, going to church, reading your Bible. None of that is good enough. I mean, it's all good, but it's not good enough. You have to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you see, that's what makes Christianity different from all the other religions in the world. You see, Christianity is not merely a list of do's and don'ts. It's not merely a statement of belief. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a personal 
relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what makes Christianity different than anything else. When I got saved, I became a child of God. A child of God. I became a joint heir with Jesus. Amen. I mean, you talk about joining a royal family. I became a member of the royal family of Jesus Christ when I got saved. That's why I tell people I'm a child of the king. You know, I used to make the mistake of simply telling people I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, now that's true. As Christians, we are sinners saved by grace. But the thing about it is, as Christians, we are not just sinners saved by grace. We become a child of the Most High God when we got saved. And that's why when people ask me how I'm doing, I say, hey man, I'm doing great. I'm a child of the Most High God. <laughs> now that would be a great way to initiate a witness right there. Next time someone says, how are you doing? You can answer them by saying, hey, I'm doing great. I'm a child of the King. I'm a child of the Most High God. Now they may or may not know what you mean by that. That'd be a great way to witness to them. You know? And as a child of the king, I know my needs are taken care of. I mean, if you were a member of the royal family, or let's put it this way, if you were a member of a royal family here on this earth, your needs would all be taken care of. Well, let me tell you, as a member of the royal family of Jesus, the Bible tells us our needs are taken care of. Now, Jesus doesn't promise to make us a millionaire. I tell you, I get righteously indignated every time I listen to these TV preachers on the television. And all they can talk about is God wants you rich. God wants you to have money. God wants you to be prosperous. Folks, that's not what the Bible says. I don't care what these TV preachers are preaching. You see, here's the thing. They want you to believe that if you give lots and lots of money to their ministry, God is going to bless you financially. You're going to become rich. <laughs> I hope you don't fall for that because it's not true. Now, God does promise that he's going to meet our needs. He's going to take care of every need that I have. He's going to take care of every need you have. He does not, however, promise to make us a millionaire. Furthermore, nothing you have in this life can be transferred into the next life anyway. I don't care if you have a trillion dollars in your bank account now. The day you die, your bank account goes all the way down to zero. You can't take any of it to heaven with you. Not a dime. Amen. I heard about one of these TV preachers being pursued by a relentless uh, news reporter. 
and the news reporter was chastising the preacher for being a money grabber. He said, well, let me tell you something. He says, I'm going to heaven and I ain't going broke. Well, I got news for that TV preacher. If he's going to heaven, he will go to heaven broke because none of the money that he accumulates down here will go to heaven with him. None of these fancy jet airplanes he has down here will be available in heaven. It's all going to be left behind for his family to fight over and feud over. And they probably will. But let me tell you this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I hope you'll make that decision today. Now, on one side of the coin, it's the simplest decision you'll ever make. You just say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for being a sinner. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins. And now, Lord, I thank you for saving me. And now, Lord, help me to live like I'm saved and help me to spend time every day studying your word. You see, if you pray a prayer like that, Jesus is going to come into your heart. He's going to save you and he's going to give you a brand new life. Now, by the way, if you pray today and ask Jesus to come in your heart, I hope that you will contact me and let me know. I'll send you some free materials that will help you to begin growing as a Christian. I will tell you how you could get involved in a local church where you live, a church where you will be fed spiritually. And so I would love to hear from you. Well, that's about all the time we have on the broadcast today. Like I say, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, being with you today. I really have. To me, it's been a very exciting half hour. Uh, I, I say this without exaggeration. Every day when I get in front of this radio microphone and I begin recording, I tell you, that's the most exciting part of my day right there knowing that people are tuning in and listening all over the world. Lives are being changed. Hearts are being transformed. Well, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye, God bless you, and I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.